Good morning, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Who Wake It Ain't We Be Mo Shabapa. I'm feeling this morning, sweetheart. I think we got a good show ready for you today. As always, we want to thank the good folks over at the Washington Informer Bridge, WIBridgeDC.com, or at WIBridgeDC and all social media platforms. Make sure you stay abreast of what's going on in the world. You can't build new blueprints if you don't know what the fuck's going on. How you gonna build new blueprints without paper, huh? That's why we got the Washington Informer Bridge newspaper on our side. We appreciate those people. As always, you can go check out uh, the new blueprint newsletter. Go to bmobrown.substack.com. The later house is putting up the lower third right now if you need that spelled out. These are the written machinations of the exiled revolutionary that is myself. This is a chance for you to read because I actually feel like I'm a way better writer than I am a communicator or a speaker, if I'm being honest with you. So if you want to read some of the sources and some of the uh, logical steps that we take, the last newsletter we put out was the white N-word, okay? The greatest racial discovery since the box perm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's the best thing we've got. So make sure you go check that out. But first, before you do all things, let's say good morning to the, the filament to my light bulb, okay? to the amplifier of my subwoofer. Let's say good morning to the lady of the house. Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning, sweetheart. How you feel this morning? Cool. You good? Yeah, how you feel? I'm satisfied. I like what you said. You said, how you gonna write new blueprints without a newspaper? And then went <laughs> into the bridge, that was good. That's right, you know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah, I've, been, I've been thinking a little bit. We've been doing the show. The show does benefit you the, the ability to talk more so you get more developed in your speaking. But anyway, uh, I want to say good morning to the people who we got on. I see we got my man Billboard Bloke on. What's up, baby? Hey. Good morning, B. How you feeling, man? How you feeling? Tell the people at UMC to come find me, okay? I know you're going to have a job at BET soon, okay? Let them know we're doing great things over here with my very bad ponytail and curly locks. But, sweetheart, we got, the, uh, we got some great things we want to talk about this morning. It's Thursday, so you know what we got to do. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to vote for our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Ooh, every time we're gonna work, we're gonna work for that. We have a new nominee, which you have been following my stories. You know who the new nominee is. And then, as promised today, we are going to do our full review on the perfect film. <laughs> That was, they called Tyrone. If They called Tyrone. They called Tyrone. Called. They cloned Tyrone. <laughs> they called Tyrone. <laughs> you better call Jim, James, Paul, and Tyrone. <laughs> Jim's James and Paul don't uh, get no. They don't get no smoke. And so I start to think, like, is Tyrone the responsible friend? Or is Tyrone the broke-ass friend? It really... You know what I'm saying? Depending on who Tyrone is, what Erica is saying to old boy could make a difference. He's the responsible friend because he's called, she has to call, you have to call Tyrone to come help you get your shit. Yeah, because Tyrone got a car. Exactly. Okay, he's the responsible friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Jim and James and Paul, they ain't shit. <laughs> and the cousin who always around asking for money? What's up with that? <laughs> What? <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about this morning. We're going to talk about They Clone Tyrone, and then we have a new Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nominee. I think um, I think we got to start with the new Paul Robeson. No, we got to start with They Clone Tyrone, unless we're considering They Clone Tyrone for a Paul Robeson Negro of the Week award. What do you think? I, I think we should. Okay, cool. cool. So where, where should we start later at the house? Do you want to start with your, your nominee? Let's start with the nominee. Let's start with a nominee. Um, let's play. Okay, so let me set it up. A couple weeks ago, I think now, the Supreme Court made their dumbass decision to strike down parts of affirmative action. The parts of affirmative action that would um, incentivize race-based uh, admissions. Now, you and I know, because we've been doing the work, because we've been noticing what, damn, it's dry as hell. You and I know, that because we've been doing the work, and we recognize that the internal issue of affirmative action, really wondering if our merit should be based on our race, is something that we could talk about all day. But we wouldn't dare take it to the Supreme Court. Right. Why? Because them niggas don't know what the fuck they doing. Yeah. <laughs> the niggas at the Supreme Court don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah we can figure it out. 
Okay, we can figure it out internally. Um, but you know, uh, you know, they uh, some Asian folks got got seduced by the powers of whiteness. I think that's the best way I can say that. And now they have struck down the race-based forms of affirmative action. But you know, the part of affirmative action that still stands: legacy, legacy admissions. And so, um, something interesting happened over the since the uh, since the Supreme Court tore down that part of affirmative action, there was a lawsuit, civil lawsuit, uh, sorry, civil rights lawsuit issued against Harvard because it turns out their admission policies under legacy have been terrible. Let's play the video. The first one? Yeah. Affirmative action solution. Huh? Affirmative action solution. What? Affirmative action. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've got a headline for our viewers. Here it is. Don't stop at affirmative action end college legacy legacy admissions too. Ricky Schlock wrote that and Ricky joins me now. When you say legacy admissions, you're talking about a parent who maybe pays some money to get a child into the same college that they went to. Yes. What's wrong with that? Well, I think it's nepotism at, at its That's finest. true, it is. And it's, it's pervasive. And in fact, with this affirmative action case in the Supreme Court, we have a rare peek into what happens in Harvard's admissions. And the rate, now that we look at their admissions data of to the, this past year, it was 3.41% to get into Harvard. If you're a legacy admin, it's a 33% shot that you have your foot in the door just because of your last name and the family uh, you were no, born no, into. Not necessarily just because of your last name. It might also be because you're pretty good at what you do. Well, they actually looked at the percentage of kids that are there who are either recruited athletes, children of donors, children of staff, or legacy ad admits, and that's 42% of white kids that go to Harvard, according to the analysis, and three-quarters of them are estimated to have not gained admissions, if not having been in one of those special interest groups. But to cut out legacy admissions, you couldn't pass a law, could you? No, I don't think that it necessarily needs to be legislative, but we're talking about fairness in admissions, and I think that we're, we're, we're talking about affirmative action rightfully, but glossing over the fact that there is a very large and glaring way that people just pump their kids through these elite universities, and, and I think it shuts other people out. Um, but you could tie potentially federal funding to a, a proposal like this, because you know Harvard has $50 billion dollars in their endowment, but they they're do. still taking federal funding. So in case you didn't hear that correctly, Harvard, 42% uh, of Harvard students are being admitted through legacy admissions. That's insane. Right? I'm sorry. 42% of all white students mm -hmm. who are admitted into Harvard are being admitted over legacy standards. The craziest part about that stat is three quarters of that 42% would not be admitted into Harvard. Right. I heard another stat that said that when it comes to legacy admissions, you would think that, because black folks have gone to Harvard through the his history, right? right. My, like, my grandfather went to Yale. You would think if I was applying to Yale, I could put his name down, and I too could be admitted into that mediocre 34% that should be getting into Harvard. But I saw a stat the other day that said only 2% of black students who are admitted in the Ivy Leagues are legacy students. Two percent? Two? Come on, dog. Right. Come on now. Now, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm not no math, math, mathematician, although I have mastered calculus over the last couple of days. I just want you to know. <laughs> just want you to know. Now, I'm not no master mathematician, but damn! Right. Three-fourths of the legacy students who go to Harvard would not be admitted to Harvard. Meanwhile, you might got some mid-black folks out there who, who might be able to, to benefit for the situation, but you know how it go. Mm -hmm. The rules always change for niggas, all right? It's 2% of y'all. We capping it there. Right. So the Supreme Court says, okay, okay, race-based things aren't a thing anymore. That then opens up a civil rights conversation that could be alleged against Harvard about legacy students. But I came here to tell you that the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week has already crafted the solution. Fuck the courts. <laughs> fuck Harvard. Fuck legacy. Fuck all of that. Here's the thing, sweetheart. I um, I don't like to think this way, but sometimes it helps me with my figurative thinking. 
If there is a council of white people, if there is a the man per se, if there's a group of white folks who are trying to control the social narrative of all people so they can continue to control measures that white people do, yeah. uh, I could see the strategy of, okay, we're going to convince a group of minorities that uh, we're going to get rid of race-based affirmative action. We're going to leave legacy and everything will be cool. Our white kids can still go. You know how bad legacy admissions is? Like we all know what legacy admissions is. Yeah. It's so bad that it's been a joke on sitcoms since 1975. Oh, your kid did get into school? Buy him a library. Right. That's been the joke. Um, but there has been a solution that has been crafted. Fuck the schools. Fuck Harvard. Fuck the Supreme Court. Uh, when the Grand White Council came together and said, "This is how we're gonna get rid of affirmative action," there's one thing that they did not have in mind. They did not consider that there might be some colored folks in higher education. There might be some black folks who don't need the approval of the courts, who don't need the approval of the people. They already have their finger on the button. Mm -hmm. So our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, her name is Renell Wynn. <laughs> she is the Vice President of Communications and Marketing and Strategy at Wesleyan University. Is it Wesleyan University or is this Wesleyan? I don't know. <laughs> Wesleyan College. I don't know. <laughs> At Wesleyan. Put up the thing, sweetheart. So on some revolutionary shit, mm -hmm. Renell Wynn, architect of this new blueprint, said, you know what? We don't need the courts. Here's what we can do at Wesleyan. Wesleyan is considered the uh, uh, most prominent liberal art school in the country often referred to as a baby Ivy, mm -hmm. 20 minutes away from Yale. It is university, by the way. Huh? It's university. University, right, 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 right. 20 minutes away from Yale had been benefiting from legacy admissions. Because the thing about legacy admissions, yes, it is nefarious. We got a whole bunch of white folks coming in, but why white? Because they got money. Right. Right, The way the school can guarantee that we're going to be able to pay our staff next year is if we bring in a family of niggas we already know got the money. Mm -hmm. right? And so at Wesleyan, Rennell Wynn, part of this strategy, says, you know what? It's done. Legacy admissions, no more. The thing that is actually threatening our people, the thing that is marginalizing our group of individuals from being educated, gone. We're done. So I hop on the call with Rennell and I say, tell me more about this moment because I'm so excited. The big juicy thing in front of us, gone. Mm -hmm. And Rennell reminds me, you know what she says? You know what Rennell says? She said, this legacy conversation is a distraction. <laughs> this legacy conversation was to get your attention. And as Hillary Clinton said, is it working? <laughs> it worked. Because here we have a New York Times article. We have opinions on BBC. We have articles through the Washington Post. We have conversations happening on all the black podcasts and all the black spaces I listen to. There is a university who is getting rid of legacy admissions. But Renell says this is a distraction. So I say, what do you mean? I'm so proud. This is such a great moment. She said, okay, cool. We've leveled the playing field now. But as a university, what do we do next? Mm -hmm. Because if there are no legacy admissions, how do we ensure that the students who deserve to be here actually get here? Because getting into college is only one step. Right. You gotta be able to afford college. You gotta know that college is an option. You gotta know that the things that you're doing in high school and middle school actually matter to the point that you can be admitted. You have to see yourself in that university before you can even get to the university. So ending the legacy admissions is only step one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are colleges and universities gonna do to ensure their survival in the future. If we can't be dependent on the money of people who went here before, and if we're trying to expand, as we say, if we're trying to expand higher education into all demographics, how is the university, are we making it more affordable, more plausible, and more approachable? That's the hard work. The easy thing, as she said, the low-hanging fruit is, oh, get rid of legacy. 
She knew that 15, 20 years ago. I have watched this woman matriculate through higher education from junior director of comms at a small uh, um, Methodist college in the middle of the fuck nowhere, Missouri. She has done communications at HBCUs and the smallest schools you would ever imagine. She has worked for William and Mary. She did great work at George Mason. I guarantee the reason why you know the words George Mason is because of Renell Wynn. I guarantee it. But she says to me, the hard part is the thing that I've been doing my whole career. How do we ensure that every student has an opportunity to have a higher education? Not the legacy students, not the niggas who can afford it, not the folks who are already on college prep pants. How do we get to a place where the talented 90 can see that they can also be enriched by this education? Do you know how bold that is? I'm telling you, when the Grand Council of White Folks got together, they did not see Rennell coming. <laughs> they knew that everybody who was in a position of power at higher education would love to upheld legacy admissions, but they didn't count on this black woman. Because mm -hmm. when you're black, you look at things just a little bit differently. I'm looking at it from this way. How can I get my people up that way? You looking at it downwards. How can I keep people right. from coming in? Mm -hmm. And by the way, Renelle Wynn is my mother. So, our second nominee for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award, Renelle Wynn. Let's give it up, everybody. Ladies, you got any thoughts, sweetheart? Any comments? Any concerns? No, that was that was great. You you summed it up perfectly. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. The uh, you can take the Wesleyan thing down now. Okay. It's crazy that the um, and we're going to talk about it here more in a second, yeah. but the solutions to our problems mm -hmm. are directly in front of us. But someone has convinced us that we don't have the power, we don't have the access, we don't have the independence, we don't have the agency to actually do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And when I see Rennell, that's categorically false. Right. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who another Paul Robeson Negro of the Week said on Tuesday, he said, uh, when you see a black physicist on TV not talking about blackness, you're going to have to negotiate every time you see another black person that they have the capability to be smarter than you and might already be. Right. What are you going to do with that now? Same thing with Rennell. Mm -hmm. You could assume that everyone in these, everyone in these higher education positions of power would think the same way. We need to keep legacy going because that's the way it's always been. They didn't see her coming. They didn't see her coming. You know how bold that is? To look into the face of, there are millionaires and billionaires who are these legacy upholders. Right. We're not talking about, the. I mean, no shade, we're not talking about the owner of the informer here. Right. I love the informer. We're talking about the owner of the times here. Right. To look them in the face and say, you know what, your last name don't mean shit, bro. We good. We good off you. We need more other people. Which is the way it should have been. For should have been the whole right. time. How dare you buy your way into college, bruh? <laughs> right. And again, to, to put this back on white folks, if I was white, <laughs> if I was white, the last thing I would want to hear is that my success had nothing to do with me. That's all. That's all. We got any comments? Anybody in the house? Who is? Uh, your Aunt Laverne said, preach nephew, the truth, and then your mom. She here? Yeah. Hey, mama, what's up? No, um, no she said your mom. Oh, your true. Mom. Yeah. True, 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 yeah. true, 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 true. Yes, yes. My mother is, that is my mother. Yes. Hey, Aunt Laverne, good to see you again. We got some folks over on, uh, on Instagram. You on Instagram right now? No. Oh, we got some folks on Instagram. We got my man Chris Allen. Good morning, Chris. How you doing? Natalie, how you doing, man? Come on over to YouTube so we can get it popping. KP, the dream. <laughs> Good morning. And of course, we got Donovan. Donovan is out, so you know what time it is. It's time to wake me up. Uh, <laughs> um the dream to my people over on YouTube. We are watching. We're getting ready to jump into are they called Jesus? They cloned uh, Tyrone review. You might want to jump on over to the YouTube so you can see the whole video. But if you want to keep looking over here at the side of my face, that's and you know what? Don't we're not going to do that. Actually, what time? We, how long have we been on the show? About 20 minutes? Yeah. 
Okay, let's take a quick break. Mm -hmm. Let's watch Tone Shea featuring Michael, Tone Shea, Michael Robinson featuring Tashira. We'll be right back with more Wake and Bake with BMO. To people, my people on Instagram, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. Come on over to YouTube. Come on over to YouTube, link, on, link in the bio, get you a better view, like, subscribe, comment, do all that stuff. We'll be right back with more Wake and Bake with BMO. And I'm going to try to. It's right next to the. Oh, I see it. You oh, see the transition joint? It's right yeah, there. Am yeah. I am I back on? Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. Kendall said the song never gets old. Right. Right. <laughs> Nothing but dimples and laughter. <laughs> hey, <Kendall>. <laughs> huh? <laughs> hey, hey, man. What's up? <laughs> Good morning. All right, y'all. We're back with more. Wake and ache, we be more. Yeah. This is where we would put an ad, but we don't have an ad. So, um, oh, actually. On next Saturday, if you're in the area, I didn't download anything. We'll put it in the show on Tuesday. On next Saturday, if you're in the area, I'm doing an artist talk with Maurice James Jr. at Art of Noise. Definitely come check that out. The owners of the Art of Noise Gallery called me. It was like, we really appreciate the review that you did for... Um, Black Trust, so let's go ahead and expand that out to an artist talk. I want to do some fun, funky flair, something like little Arsenio Hall-esque, mm -hmm. you feel me? So definitely come out to that if you if you are in the area. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's have a good time. Now, uh, as if you watched on Tuesday, you know the, the construction folks is coming. <laughs> the construction folks is on the way. Maybe. Yeah, yeah they down yeah. there. <laughs> they down there. So let's do this. Let's... Um, I promised you... Uh, a review of uh, They Clone Tyrone, so let's get into that. And before we even get started, let's say to all the people who are watching now, go ahead and give me your reviews. Let's give them out of 10, okay? Uh, let's remember from season two that when we're critiquing black art, we gotta do more than, it's good, yeah. or I ain't like it. We gotta do more than that. We owe black art our attention uh, and our detail and our romance mm -hmm. towards the individual art. So let's remember that, but definitely drop your comments and your ratings out of 10 about They Clone Tyrone below. I want to um, 
discuss a few things from there, have a few scenes that I have pulled out for you. Hopefully we don't get kicked off of YouTube for this situation because I haven't figured out how to bootleg on YouTube like other folks, but maybe today is the day. All right, but before we even get to they clone Tyrone, I want to remind you of a theory that I have called the talented 90th. We just talked about it in a Wesleyan for a second. We've talked about it before as it came to the seducing powers of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, but I want to talk about it in a more general idea. My theory of the of the talented 90th is essentially 90% of black folks already have the skills needed to reach their own liberated state. But we have been convinced that those skills, that they are not connected to systems of commerce, like directly to your job or directly to the thing that helps you pay the rent, then these things are irrelevant to your life. What I'm here to tell you, that is not true. The skills that you are learning in an informal and formal setting are directly beneficial to your own liberated state. We just have to be undoctrinated towards that. And so that is the mindset that I'm having when I'm entering They Clone Tyrone, a story that starts off on a very joke premise, a pimp, a hoe, and a drug dealer walk into a bar. That's the whole premise of the movie. So when I think about that, I think about a pimp, I think about management, I think about a hoe, I think about sales, I think about a drug dealer, I think about a supply chain, right? Those are the skills that I see in those things, but when we think about drug dealers, pimps, and hoes, these are degenerates to society. They clone Tyrone takes an investigation of that. So before we even get started, let's talk about the talented 90th, and I have a clip from Lauren Hill. Go ahead and play that, sweetheart. It should be the first one. Framing? Yeah. Okay. These energies have always been around. You know, this, this thing, we term it hustle, but it's really just the ingenuity necessary to survive, you know, and navigate in the world. We call it hustle because um, I imagine that's just, you know, our way of giving it a name because sometimes we want to divorce ourselves from, from the academic space because that academic space was a source of brutality and hostility for a long time. But the reality of it, is still, of it is, is it's still wisdom, it's still knowledge, it's still invention, it's still development, you know, and it's still progress. So I think as we kind of pull back these labels, we can acknowledge brilliance in the streets, we can acknowledge soul in the academic space, and we can allow these things to come together. Um, the world is filled with b- way too many bright people for us to still have the problems that we have in the world. It's, it's gonna be our shame, you know what I mean? That we don't sit together and create people who invest with thought and consideration and care to solve the world's problems. If we can do all these things, all these things that we do digitally, technologically, economically, we can feed people, we can, we can educate people through poverty. We can solve the problems of poverty. Poverty isn't even something that should exist in this world at this point because we have wealth, we have intellect, we have the ability to develop and design and create whatever we want to. The question is, is do we want to? Do we want to? This is what I mean when I talk about uh, Rennell as the Paul Robeson Negro of the week. The solution is already there. We know, especially in the terms of college admissions, we know that the problem is legacy but do we want to solve the problem? So this is the framing that I have when I'm watching They Clone Tyrone. We know what the problems are. Mm -hmm. Let's look at some of the problems. The problems are the things that are in stuff. In They Clone Tyrone, there's this drug they put into things to make black folks act a certain way. Let's watch the first one. I think... Talented 90? Church. Church, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everywhere, keeping watch over the wicked and the good, but also the wicked. And do you know what he wants most out of each and every one of you? Say it with me if you will. I know you know. Obedience. They give Jim Jones a run for his money. They got the Kool-Aid part down too. Cause it don't matter how bad your life is. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. Your grandson Jamal was gunned down in a drive-by shooting right next to the Derrick Trust 
church in a while. Something is up. So this is a scene from like they cloned Tyrone in which they put the drug in the grape drink and they put the grape drink into the church. There are other systems of control that they discuss in they cloned Tyrone. So there's the grape drink. There are hair products such as perm. There's the chicken, which is the viral scene that's going on. That's going on. But there are other little things that they talk about, such as the music. Right? There is a uh, uh, the director talks about. There's an Easter egg in the music that on a what's the term called? Sub, sub sonic hmm? suboral yeah, sub mm -hmm. level which is a level that you can't hear in the 808s of the music that they are using to control you mm -hmm. is actually Morse code that tells you what to do yeah. right so there's that and then what I think is the the slickest one in a, in a storyline in which we're following this missing girl and they clone Tyrone at the very end of the movie they show that they are testing a new way to use the drug, which is to convince black women of beauty. Yeah. That beauty is a, is a this thing. Mm -hmm. And when we talked about Nima Tang, Nima Tang comes from Tanzania, and she says when she came to America, she was so surprised that the philosophy of beauty meant the quality of, meant the quality of what was on your face and not the quality of your person. Right. So what are they doing to convince black women that we have to do all this to your face in order for you to be accepted, respected, loved, or whatever within yeah. the black community, which is not true. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that they are putting in the food. But we know this already though, this is the brilliant, so I heard critiques saying that a lot of these things that uh, are in They Clone Tyrone to help black people be more appeased from the white perspective are in other movies. But I think that's the point. Right. As a community, we already know mm -hmm. there is appeasement, there is subduing in the church. Mm -hmm. I know you're Christian, I'm sorry. Not you sweetheart, just some of the folks out there. I do, I do apologize to you, my bad. Um, uh, we know that they put stuff in the food to make us sluggish and make us addicted to the food. Let me tell you something. The addiction I have to Popeyes is real. It is delicious until two minutes after I eat the meal. We know that the food that we consume could be connected back to our self-damaging behavior. Mm -hmm. We know that the perms create self-damaging behavior. We know that within our music, we are given messages of self-harming behavior. Mm -hmm. So the point of they clone Tyrone are not these MacGuffins. Right. It is to show you we already know what the problems are. Mm -hmm. But as Lauren Hill said, do we want to fix them? Right. Let's play the next joint. The next joint is... Um, or Perspective. Let's do Talented 90. Okay. Because this scene right here, I was watching Dr. Was the post-credit scene. No. The most important portion of They Clone Tyrone is right here. I just quit again? Yeah, you came back though. Okay. Talented 90? Yeah. Okay. The fuck you gonna be doing? Me? I'm bringing the motherfucking Calvary. Uh, it said encoding failed. Um, encoding overloaded. I don't know what that means. Right. I wonder if my computer is working too hard. Uh, I had to figure that out because we are now uh, broadcasting from 4K. Anyway, so this scene right here in which Jamie Foxx's slim 
Slick Charles yeah. is riding through the hood with other drug dealers, other pimps, other people who would be considered the uh, disgrace of the race, per se. Mm-hmm. They are riding through the hood to go tear down the destructive system that is under the hood that is practicing what we call, practicing this experiment on black people. So the people who are making this drug, put it into the grape drink, put it into the perms, they're underground, and Jamie Foxx and the crew, who are all degenerates, per se, mm-hmm are going to go liberate this space. This to me is the most critical part of the movie because it answers the question of the talented 90th. Do we currently have the skills to liberate ourselves? Right. Right? And so when they when everyone finds out that all the people who are selling this drug, whether it be the pimps or whether it be the hoes or whether it be the drug dealers or the people or the preachers are all clones, they're all people who are uh, being manufactured to sell the drug. Those are the same people who are riding in the streets to go destroy the drug. Right. Why? Because we already have the skill. That's to me is the most profound part. We already have the skill. We already have the golden gun. Mm-hmm. We already got the cars. We already got the Calgary. We already got the soldiers. We already got the strategists. We already got the black women who are involved emotionally uh, and intellectually. We already have the tools. But someone has convinced us that because we had to do what we had to do to survive, that somehow we are ineligible mm-hmm. of being liberated. It's not true. Right. That's, oh my God. That to me, other than the last part, is the most critical point of they clone Tyrone is that we have the tools to liberate ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. We know what the problem is. Right. It's in the drugs. It's in the water. It's in the crack. It's in the way we think about each other. It's the white supremacy. We know what the problem is. Do we want to fix it? Right. And then they clone Tyrone, this, this extravagant, uh, spectacular, fantastic expression of such. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. I got one more point, then we can get to the comments. Okay. Because they didn't start as a construction, and I ain't finished rolling the blunt yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, lastly, I think people's biggest issue, well, one of the biggest issues I've seen from critiques is this last scene. The last scene, and the name of the movie, which is called They Clone Tyrone. Mm-hmm. The name of the drug dealer in the movie is Fontaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Foxx's character is Slick Charles. What's Tiana Paris's character name? Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo, because she always keep coming back. She keep trying to lead the hood, yeah. but always keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, so then who the fuck is Tyrone? <laughs> so then the movie ends with this scene. Go ahead and play as we are. It's a few days old. Probably see the world. Memphis don't sound bad. If y'all. Oh, y'all want to talk about me. Y'all Hello, Los Angeles, it is your partner, Big Boy. Big Boy's neighborhood, and listen, I know that you feel a little shady right now, right? So go ahead, man, and shite someone that you love. Shite the neighbor. Shite somebody that you work with. We're going to hit you guys off right now. This is that brand new ruckus, Shiesty, right here in the neighborhood. Mama, you want something from the store? No, I'm good.
is an absolute madhouse out there. Okay, speeds up. We're gonna go live to the scene with our eyes and ears on the block, Billy Flowers. Billy? That's right. I'm outside of Jabo's pawn shop here in the city of <coughs> on the corner of Jonesboro and Clare with what can only be described as clones. Hold on. Ma'am, please, a word. You, sir. Where did you come from? All right, we need to keep moving. Let's go this way. Um, sir! 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 What's your name? I have never seen anything like this before. Oh, Once again, clones here outside of Jabo's pawn shop. I told you, Tyrone. Okay, okay. So, Talented Nightly is the thing that helped me frame this conversation. Here's why they clone Tyrone has been stuck in my head is because of this last scene. Throughout the film, they do a, they go out of the way to make sure we don't know what town they're in. Mm -hmm. They're in the Glen. When we look at a license plate that has no state, it makes me believe that this place that we've been watching is a experiment mm -hmm. or as I saw on Twitter, a project. Right. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, so when we get to the end of the movie and everybody's asking the question, who the fuck is Tyrone? It's almost like the director knew he was going to ask that question at the time. And they show us the scene and they show us a very specific moment in time in LA. Mm -hmm. Big boy is on the radio. They're playing a current song. This is now in LA and they're watching the news. I believe that they, the name, the reason why they named the movie They Clone Tyrone is because we are receiving the news too. Mm -hmm. We are the homeboys on the couch in LA who's looking over during the newscast like, damn, the people on the news are doing the exact same thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Ain't that you, Tyrone? And so that's the metaphorical look on a very on a very literal situation. The clone is already in real life. Mm -hmm. And so I heard Dr. Carr and Karen Hunter say that uh, that the harder part of the movie would have been to try to imagine the life of the clones after they were freed from the underground laboratory. Mm -hmm. That would have been the more dynamic thing to see. And which that puts something into my mind, like, okay, if we're if we're watching, we spent the whole hour and a half watching a project on how white folks are trying to control black folks, and it ended up with the liberated and confused bodies of black people. Haven't we just watched an analogy for slavery? Mm -hmm. And if that's the case. It goes back to the Paul Rose and Negro of the Week's point, which is like, we already know, we already know they put the stuff in the food. That's the easier thought. Mm -hmm. The little more, the more difficult thought that we have to accept is like, they put it in the food, but they also recreated the niggas. Yeah. Why is it that every black community is plagued with the same problems? even if it's through the same type of individual. I believe they clone Tyrone is asking us to deal with the clones. What do we do now? Now that we know what the problems are, now that we've seen somebody fix it, we saw Harriet Tubman free the slaves. Mm -hmm. We ain't see it. We saw Frederick Douglass uh, 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 become a, a abolitionist. Mm -hmm. We saw Martin Delaney. We saw Booker T. Washington. We saw W.B. Du Bois. Oh my God, we've seen so many solutions to blackness. But do we want to solve it? That's my review of They Clone Time Wrong. 10 out of 10 movie. I was watching Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer and I was like, eh. Right. I actually left Oppenheimer like, it was a beautiful movie, 8.8 .8 out of 10. But like, what am I supposed to do with this now? Like, what am I supposed to do with this now? This right. makes me think of nothing. Mm -hmm. 
It's just a ghetto man building a bomb. <laughs> I haven't thought of Oppenheimer since we saw it, but they clone Tyrone still. I still yeah. thinking it's still percolating in my mind. Like, yeah, the solutions are easy. Yeah. The solutions are don't eat the chicken. Don't fall for the cloning. But there are parts of the movie where it's like we have been indoctrinated and programmed so much to a point that that's just part of who we are. Right. Mm. What are your thoughts? Or oh, you just gave me your thoughts. We got any comments? Um, oh, no. Give me your thoughts on Think Long Time Wrong. You gave me your thoughts on Oppenheimer. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I do think that people were focusing more on each of the individual aspects, you know, like the chicken, mm -hmm. the, uh, perm, you know. But, yeah, it's not about that. Mm -mm. It's about, like you said, is do we want to do something about it? Do we want to do something about it? We can all recognize that we mm -hmm. see it. Right. Now it's plain as day. Mm -hmm. And now it's in movie form. Right. It's like, it's to the point where people joke about the shit that's going on in the black community. But what are we going to do about it? Right. Mm-hmm. All right, I can hear the construction man getting closer. We got any comments? Um, Kendall says... All the problems you're mentioning became so evident to me when I moved to a predominantly white space. Mm. The food, religion, beauty standards, white folks do not deal with any of those things. Really? Those problems are like guilty pleasures for them. I can see that. That makes sense. Because <laughs> they're the ones doing it. <laughs> but that's, that's also wild. Like, wow. Are white women trying to be beautiful? Yeah. Okay, cool. They they just do it differently, you know, like the fillers and the I don't know what else. They oh, do. they try to be you. That's right. I right. forgot. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Maybe they they're not even trying to be beautiful. They're just trying to be you. Right. Mm. All right, sweetheart. You got no more comments? Yeah, that's it. Okay, for sure. Well, yeah. you know what time it is then. Well. Oh, it's two. We gotta do two things. Let's just let's just do the um, Paul Robeson. What you mean? Oh, we're going to have a burning question for the roach. <laughs> You're not escaping your responsibility. Yeah, no, ma'am. All right, sweetheart. We have three nominees for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Whew. We have three nominees this week. Okay, I would love for the votes of the people, but you know, the people have a percentage of votes and then the lady of the house has the majority of the vote. But I want to hear from the people, though. We have three nominees. Three. The first nominee for her ability to transform and her perseverance of braiding her hair two days in a row and then going to work the next day. The first uh, nominee for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week is, of course, the lady of the house. Lady of the house. Good job. Thanks for that. I see you. I appreciate you. The second nominee for her uh, deletion of legacy Admissions within Wesley University, hopefully starting a trend. I heard through the grapevine that the Secretary of Education is going to Wesleyan on Friday to hear about the results. That's oh. what I heard through the grapevine. Now, I don't know nothing now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know nothing, but that's just what I heard. Okay. So we could be seeing expanded, uh, expanded solutions throughout all of education. We'll see what happens. But that's our second Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nominee is Rennell Wynn for that. Thank you, Rennell Wynn. We appreciate you. And then our third Paul Robeson Negro of the Week is the movie They Cloned Tyrone. <laughs> and we just talked about it, so I'm not going to recap. So, later at the house, oh, I need to know. Took a, you know the grass Tyson? Oh, shit. Our fourth Paul Robeson Negro of the Week for expanding racelessness into astrophysics, we have Neil deGrasse Tyson. Can I just say something for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So, we saw Oppenheimer, right? Mm -hmm. And in Oppenheimer, I kept fighting this urge of like, why am I so unimpressed? Yeah. I'm just so unimpressed. <laughs> um, so I came home, later the house can edit a test. I came home, I started watching calculus videos. I started watching videos about fission and fusion. Yeah. Cause I actually wanted to figure out how hard could it be? Yeah. And this might sound wild, but it's not that hard. <laughs> Essentially, fission and fusion, the nuclear bomb is a word problem mm -hmm. that has answers uh, from a word bank. What? The word bank is the periodic table of, of elements. Okay. Well. Like, it's really, it's really not that hard. Yeah. The most phenomenal thing about nuclear fission and fusion is fission and fusion to create energy, not the bomb. There's a part in Oppenheimer where like they walk into this weird dark room and it's like this grand discovery and the dude's like, oh, yeah, it's just over there. And it's just like a little hole in the ground. That's that's the most impressive part. I'm not impressed. Yeah. 
I'm not impressed. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm just like, like it's right. like it's like all right, <laughs> all right. Like if it if you had discovered the chicken nugget, niggas would be like, okay, cool, whatever. Because you, but because you can probably destroy the world with this weapon, I'm supposed to get up in my drawers about it. Like, come on, bro. Like I'm. Right. I'm unimpressed. <laughs> I'm unimpressed. And I know how to do nuclear fission now. So holla at me. <laughs> so, sweetheart, we need your vote. Your vote for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Who you got? I think I'm going to have to give it to your mother, unobjectively. Unobjectively? Give me your reason why. Because it's not even a, is it a dangerous thing? I don't know. But the fact that she is leading the charge in making sure that legacy admissions mm-hmm. is not a thing, or not even not a thing, but mm-hmm. just not what the Ivies and other prominent schools rely on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty radical. Like, I think so, too. Yeah. And she's a black woman. So and she's a black woman. Right. And the thing that got me was like, oh, this is actually just the first step of a 10-point plan. Yeah, because, like, again, this is the distraction. What we're talking about is the spicy thing that gets everybody's attention. Yeah. The thing that are really, like, drive results is when they build that community center on, on campus, mm. when they start hosting basketball camps on campus, when they start engaging in the community around them on campus to ensure that there will be students and there will be a Wesleyan in the future. Mm-hmm. The work is on Wesleyan, not on the people. Yeah. So I agree with this, we are. In that case... Ronell Wynn, you are the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award winner. We appreciate your audacity, your boldness, and your history of ensuring that there will be equitable space for all people in higher education. All right? That equitable space starts with getting rid of of legacy admissions, but it ends with everybody affording college. It ends with a more diverse higher education group. It ends with legacy looking in 100 years like the campus they hope to see in two years. That's where it ends. We are only just beginning. We appreciate you. Ladies? Huh? And it was it was it was a little it was a little difficult. I'm not even gonna lie, because I almost wanted to give it to uh, the clone Tyrone. But very no. close. Yeah, right. Very close, but yeah. it's a movie. Right, right. You know what I mean? Very close. Right. Very close. Unobjectively, yeah, I, I could I could give it to my mother. Yeah. I could give it to Renell. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right, Swear, you know what time it is. It's yeah. time for the <laughs> burning question. For Burning question, brought to you by Sweetheart. Okay, so we are aware of the problems within the black community. Uh huh. Do you think that we want to do anything about it, or are we trying to? Is it a, is it enough of us? Because you know there is strength in numbers. You know, uh, that's what. That's a great question, and that's where I am in my thinking as well. Like. Yeah. What can we do? You and I have been on the show trying to illuminate to the masses, but I think the work happens at the parlors. I think the work happens in the text messages in between and the DMs where we talk about different topics. I think that's where the the work starts. I just had a thought, actually. Uh, and so, have I talked about it on the show? I want to, I'm trying, I'm in a, I'm in a mindset where I'm trying to build another NAACP uh, brain trust uh, move. I'm trying to build another movement that intersects our cultures with the solutions that we need to move forward. So not to continuously to self-plug, but that is what the new Blueprint newsletter is for. It's supposed to be a galvanizing force so we can actually implement these things in real life. Because like, on a meta critique of of vague clone Tyrone, the continued exposure of the problem is not the solution. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the imaginative solution after that? Right. We don't know. That to me is so why we need new blueprints. 
Because we are in a space where we are using old things and we are using the things that we've been exposed to to try to build a new. I don't know what the radical new solutions are, but I know that you can wear your bonnet in public and no, that's not a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that you don't have to practice respectability politics. I don't. I know that you don't need a B plus to be respected in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I know that we should probably eat more healthy foods, but I still can't get rid of no Popeyes. Like I, we know, but do we want to that is such a the do we want to is such a question because when I'm you know when you're scrolling on Twitter you got the the people you following and then you got the for you tab mm-hmm. when I'm when it's the people I'm following I'm quite convinced that people want to yeah. but when I accidentally slide over to that for you tab man <laughs> hell no them people don't want to yeah. so I don't know. We know the problems. I think our job in the revolution is to continue to expose those problems and then also think creativity, creatively about how we can solve those problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like we would talk about the FedNow situation. Yeah. How do we create a system of black commerce that's not dependent on the federal government? Right. That is the, we know the problem, depending the money on the federal government will leave, leave us to inconvenience and them taking more money from us and the adverts of, of capitalism. We know that problem. We've known that problem for a long time. Mm-hmm. We are at the point where we're trying to find solutions and get people on board with those solutions, which I don't know. We, our solution was we buy some land in Montana and have our own little black land. I don't know how many black folks would want to go. Right. Would Harriet Tubman say? I would have saved way more slaves if they knew they were slaves. Mm-hmm. Mm. You got any comments? Uh, nope. That's all right. All right, folks. Uh, we want to thank y'all for watching another week. Uh, wake and make we be more. Yeah. We got some great things going out. Uh, make sure y'all like, share the reels and everything that's going on. I'm trying to be a little more consistent because, as we know, the solution to these insight-driven moments of lack of confidence is actually abundance. So mm-hmm. let's get it done. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um... Yeah, subscribe to the new Blueprint newsletter. Next Saturday, we're having something with Maurice, but we'll explain that more on the show next week. You can always catch the instant replay right here on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, and then you can also follow us on all social media platforms at BMO Brown or Wake and Bake with BMO, wherever you may find it. Uh, listen to us on your audio podcast. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you got to this point, holler at me, man. I, I, maybe I'll take you to lunch or something. Like, this is this is amazing, and we appreciate you. Lady of the house, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Good morning. morning. We're going to leave you with Black Boy Joy by Detroit Rivers, and we'll see y'all next week. Yeah.
because the world incriminates us. Cause we endowed. Are we afraid of our own kind? And it's really wild. I think they got us backwards, but I figured out it's easier to fit in than it is to stand out. So I'm black boy joy when I'm cruising around. And I'm black boy joy fresh hitting the town. And I'm black boy joy dancing, cleaning the house. And I'm black boy joy when I go for a hike. Been black boy joy since I was riding a bike. My son, black boy joy, and that's crazy to me. I was miserable growing up. I really hated it, G. But the world is much bigger than I was able to see. So get this black boy joy up on your brain. This black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy say it again. One more time. Get this black boy joy up on your brain. This black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy say it again. Smile.